As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Time for some spoilers. Welcome to the post-podcast Sift Spoil episode. Uh, we will no longer fear spoiling you on the movie. We will assume at this point that you have seen it. I continue to be joined by Roper from All Tower Media. Hey. Um, we are going to go into, let, let's talk about Mother. Yeah. Mostly. Okay. And then maybe briefly throw some stuff about it yeah. uh, at the end. Mother seems like where we want to spend uh, the majority of our time definitely has uh, enough to weed through in order to do right. That. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as always, if you haven't seen the movie, turn back now uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, we don't want to ruin it for you. Number two, we don't do a good job in the spoiler cast of like if you haven't seen the movie, making it make sense to you. We we assume you've seen it, so we're gonna jump like all over the place. It's not gonna be structured in a way that's gonna help you understand the movie even if you haven't seen it does that make sense no it totally does yeah so uh highly encourage you to see it first before you listen to this stuff uh so let's talk about mother what a bizarre film man i, li- I mean i like it it is good it's yeah just- we talked about that we both like it and the main reason is because of how it made me think uh it is definitely a metaphor movie yeah. now before we go into you know talking about what the metaphor is and, and kind of how that works um, I, I, I have to say the story of this woman played by Jennifer Lawrence in this man, it, it's not a story that the movie takes a lot of time to, um, to draw you into the story element of it. It, it immediately puts you in a place where you're, you know, you're looking at representations of something, right? The metaphor is heavy. Right from the beginning, the opening scene involves Bardem putting this crystal into this, you know, stand and the entire house goes from being all burnt up. There's even a a face of a woman who is burning alive that, you know, precedes that. It starts with that, but it's not her. It's not Jennifer Lawrence. She has similar features. Right. It's enough like Jennifer Lawrence that your brain tricks you into going, oh, yeah, we saw Jennifer Lawrence burn up at the beginning. But no, 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 it's not her. It's not. Um, but anyway, so, you know, then the house, you know, is, uh, taken from the ashes and remade and then Jennifer Lawrence wakes up and 
Hey, she, babe. Yeah, hey, babe. And is having, you know, uh, this conversation with her husband, Javier Bardem, who's like a writer or something like he's, that. He's a poet. He's dealing with, he's called The Poet. The Poet. The Poet, yes. Uh, and he's dealing with the his book that's coming out or whatever, trying to write. And right. Then Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer come in, and then other people come in, and then weird stuff happens, and then everything just goes bananas, bonkers. <laughs> uh, and we'll get into some of the details. Um, but I just wanted to kind of lay out, that's all the story that's really there for the actual yeah. on-screen. If, if there was no metaphor... That's all there is to the story. That is exactly it. Right? Because everything else is heavily steeped in metaphor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you this. What is the metaphor that you that you found yourself buying into uh, as the movie went on? Like, how did you, how did your brain process go as people started showing up, things started happening? I really... With specific examples, whatever. Man, I really, really, really couldn't help but to see the parallels between this and a lot of religious... Uh, stories yes that is one a of a lot of things with that now what's what's interesting is <clears throat> i did not see the religious metaphor until after the movie really okay and then when i went back and thought about it i saw the religious i tied into the artistic metaphor first and foremost i didn't think there was any other metaphor and now that i'm thinking about it, i'm like oh there are some things that don't fit in with the artistic metaphor that absolutely fit in with the religious metaphor oh, soaked in it as far as what I, I was watching i was like oh my goodness uh from the you know so okay so let's start with the religious metaphor okay. in this case then have javier bardem would be the poet or god right. or the creator right. or you know whatever jennifer lawrence would be mother earth mother creation uh representing you know his ability to speak to his universe, like Correct. the inspiration, the inspiration, the, yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, and then, and then there's the people that he. So that Ed come Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, Adam and Eve, uh, need healing. Uh, the in fact, he even has a scene where it looks like uh, Ed Harris's rib has been taken out. Yep. Like if you and think then the about next it, thing you know, she shows up after the yep, fact. Yeah. Then the sons show up. One Cain of the and sons, Abel. One of the sons kills the other yep, one with yep. a door handle yep. instead of with a rock. Uh, yeah, it's, as I'm watching this, those are the things I keep thinking of mm -hmm. because she's, you know, whenever he, whenever Ed Harris first shows up the next morning and his wife shows up, she's like, did, did he say he had a wife? She just to Jennifer Lawrence, she just mm -hmm. kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. And kind of did because he's writing the story. He's creating, exactly. he's, you know, he is the creator, uh, and in the poet. And so then you've got, you know, Clicks and uh, religions that sprout up, uh, you know, people who want to worship him. You know, the, the purpose of God in the Judeo-Christian Bible is to be worshipped. That's why he created man, was to worship him. Right. So you get a sense of that that's what's happening with this, you know, poet. He loves the attention that he's getting from his creation. And, and she keeps going, turn them away, get rid of them, make them go mm -hmm. away. I just want to be alone with you. Right, yes. And he keeps saying, and we're ruining what we have. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know... Then there comes that moment where the baby's born. Yes. Right. Which, again, in a Judeo-Christian sense, is Jesus. Exactly. He's he's gives the baby to his worshipers who kill the baby in yep. one of the most uncomfortable and awful things I've ever seen on screen. I mean, the baby's... And I apologize. I guess maybe we should give a warning even here on the podcast yeah, I mean, because some of this stuff is graphic enough. Even when we say it, uh, it, it could be pretty intense, especially for kids. Intense. So I, get, I guess let me stop here and just say, yeah, if you've got kids listening... We're going to talk about some intense stuff 
uh, starting now. Yeah, uh, so at least, at least for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. So you may want to wait and listen to this, you know, later on. But so yeah. So the baby comes out. The baby's neck, like they break the baby's neck. They tear the baby apart. Uh, in a very literal sense of communion, feasting on the body and blood of this yep. baby. Uh, and it's just, it, yeah. And then she ends up losing her mind and then just goes bananas on them. Mm-hmm. You know, she starts attacking them. And then they lash out against her as yeah. a result of it. Yeah. And and then, of course, you know. And you've got the, and there's different sects, you know, like there's different religions, those kind of things. Um, you know, the fact that the baby is a result of, of the relationship between the poet and the inspiration is, you know, interesting. Yep. Um, so I think one of the moments that came in the movie that I thought, uh, as far as the metaphor goes, where she is the create, you know, she's the inspiration and, you know, I, I was tracking with, you know, this is, um, earth or the universe or whatever the case may be right. came when that soldier gets a hold of her. And he was like, he, it's like he recognizes what that was. It was like, I have to save you. And so he takes her someplace else and starts to call for help, starts to get her attention. And then he himself gets shot. Mm-hmm. And then she's right back into the, into the darkness again with all of the bodies yeah. everywhere. Kristen Wiig shows up as like, a that was really weird. Publicist who then is eventually like, uh, killing people execution style. Yeah. Oh. Um, and wants to kill her execution style. There, there's the where have you been hiding? Yeah, you know. There's the inspiration her. or what was it? Inspiration that yeah, she, called she keeps calling. Yeah, there's the inspiration. Where have you been hiding? Yeah, and so you know I, they start putting people off in cages. Mm-hmm. Like everything about all of that scene, and and what's weird is is like this is the last little bit there. Right. What mm-hmm. we're what we're discussing is that last little Probably bit the that last was right there. twenty, thirty minutes maybe. But everything else leading up to this was just kind of like Well, so there's the there's you know, after Cain kills Abel, let's say. Right, you right, know, right. and then there's all these people that start Do we ever you know, get show their names? Up. No, no, no. Um in the in the credits, if you watch the credits, uh there the names uh, are in there, but um but I forget. I was about to um, say I don't recall them. I don't recall their names. No. Um, so that was Domhnall Gleeson, right. and I forget who the other brother was, um, or if it's even somebody that I would know. But anyhow, so then you've got the the wake, you know, people coming over, and more and more people are invading this house, which I guess is the, the you know, represents creation. Uh, and uh, it becomes more and more untenable. She keeps telling him to get down off the, the sink because it's going to break. And I think that's supposed to represent the flood. Like once that breaks and all the yeah. water comes in, because then everybody clears out. So it's kind of like, you know, the flood clears everything out, but then it just, you know, starts again and gets well, even worse. And I think the the guy that was hitting on her, he's like, uh, yeah, you don't know what I can do for you mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's also supposed to be something more. It's supposed to be more of the... the, the Is there the, a devil character, you think? Like what would be... I mean, Eve was kind of a temptress character. Yeah, was, I think she's the temptress, but I don't think there's actually a, a devil... Per se, I, I was I was struck by how childish humanity was portrayed in this yeah. as you know. The, but the guy that was hitting on her, you know, the one that's like, yeah, let me give you your number, my number, things of that nature. Um, I can't help but relate that to like Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's just, sure. And he's like, I don't care. There's also You're very there's very also, open about it. And of course, they go upstairs and they've got the people that are in the bedroom. You know, it's more of that. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? She's looking at it going, what are you doing? And then she keeps going to him going, you need to stop this. And 
he's just involved what's going on there. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, the spout breaks. She finally ends up clearing everybody out of there as a result. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, things are peaceful for a little bit. Yeah. And they, they have, they, she gets pregnant. Um, yeah. And then there's also, there's references to the plagues looking back, you know, you've got frogs and, you know, uh, blood water and, you know, all sorts of different things. Yep. Uh, so yes, but here's the interesting thing. I didn't see that symbolism except in hindsight because almost from the beginning, I thought I knew exactly what the metaphor was. And I think this is intentional as well. And I think what's brilliant about this movie, there's actually a third metaphor we can talk about as well. Uh, that these metaphors are so intricately woven together that you can go away from the movie knowing for sure what it's about and completely missing the other ones until somebody else enlightens you. And And then they point it out, and you're like, oh, my God. So for me, right from the beginning, I'm like, oh, he is telling a very personal story about what it's like to create art. He is telling a very personal story about what his experience was on, say, like a movie like Noah. You know, where, uh, you know, he was given free reign to tell the story the way he wanted to, but, you know, people destroyed him for it. And so I saw, we should mention at the end of the movie, uh, Mother Earth, in the metaphor that we were talking about, then destroys creation and herself and burns up. And then he digs in her for the the spark, gym. Spark of the life. The spark, yeah, or whatever. Puts it back on the pedestal and it starts everything over Because he even again. makes that reference. You know, he, he says that early on in the film. The whole place burned down. I thought I lost all of creation until I found this thing that was in the the remains. Well, and it's also something that's broken by Adam and Eve, too. Right. And so there's some way it represents original sin when that's broken. And there's this moment where that's broken and he's looking at the shattered pieces and basically, I think he just points to the door without even looking at them and says, out! Yeah, he just screams. And that is such a representation of, again, the Christian idea of being kicked out of the garden. You know, yeah. this perfect world that you had and and then you decided to make a choice that you were told was not the right choice. And Really set the hooks for me after the baby died Mm -hmm. and he's holding her and she's been beaten. And he was like, we have to forgive them. And she's like, are you crazy? (laughs) Yeah, no, that is, that is the guy. I mean, at times he is, you know, uh, domineering and boisterous. And at times he is so merciful and for, you know, forgiving. And is the God of both the new and the old Testament. And he's like, yeah, just, just, it's just stuff. We can replace stuff. It's not Mm -hmm. a big deal. Right. So so yeah so he pulls the the thing out of her charred body to create this it's her, all it's over her heart. Yeah, it it's, went, right. Yes, it's the heart of the inspiration. <laughs> yeah. And it's even shown like beating and hardening and beating and you know throughout as things are happening here. So anyways, when he placed that thing on the the pedestal, I'm thinking, okay, this is the spark of an idea for a creative endeavor that he has and he's going to build this house around and she is his inspiration for this story. And together, they will find a way to create uh, something together for the story. And then the people who came in were distractions from that. You know, right. whether it be uh, an event that happened in life that kept him from writing his story or doing like his... him sitting there at the breakfast table and he's talking to Ed Harris mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well, what about your writing?" He's yeah, like, I was enjoying not thinking about it. But yes. now that I'm thinking about it, I should do something about it. Yeah, so I'm locked into this interpretation of the metaphor. I'm not even I'm not even thinking about the religious connotations of it other than to notice that there are religious overtones to the way that he's presenting this idea of what it means to create something, what it means to be an artist. 
And man, when it started all going haywire at the end and the idea that he's trying. So there's this moment where she's like, we don't even sleep together anymore. Right. Uh, that's the PG way of saying what she said. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're talking about wanting a baby. Yeah. You won't even be with me. Yeah, exactly. And so they're together and then, you know, the baby is created. I saw that as the artist's moment of giving in to inspiration instantly and instantly he had it and he was writing and writing and writing and, and it was, it was done. And it so coincided with her pregnancy and her pregnancy coincided with the the story of his book and when it was released and Kristen Wiig comes in as you know kind of a publicist in many ways and those kind of things and it became this story to me of how when an artist creates everybody else wants a piece of that creation and you're whether passing to, that out right whether they want to claim it as their own whether they want to destroy it to rip on it to you know and the idea of how uh, an artist creates in in some sense a child to give to the world and the way they treat that child, how destructive and awful yep. that can be for an artist to see people own what was theirs and the process of then having to let it go in a way uh, to start that process over again and to have what it takes the energy to reach back inside the inspiration and start with a new spark and go from there. And so I was totally inside that metaphor, which again, I think completely works with the yeah, movie. Neither of them. Okay. Neither of them are wrong. I think right. that the religious element of it is easy to see. I mm-hmm. think the artistic element of it, easy to see. My question is, is when she's burned and he's carrying her and says, I'm taking you back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she, when she's all torched and looking up at him and he's not burned and she says, what are you? Mm-hmm. What did he say? Because I didn't hear it. Oh, I, I don't know either. I was, man, I was hoping that you knew because he she's... She's clearly yeah. burned, yeah, 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 and and he's just fine, and she makes reference to the fact that he's not, and then she's like, "What are you?" And he says something. I didn't hear mm-hmm. what it was, and then she he follows. She well, maybe that was intentional, perhaps, because I don't, I I honestly don't actually remember him saying anything. So I recall her next question being, "Where are you taking me?" and him saying, "Back to the beginning," mm. and that's the best I had. Yeah, I, I but I I short of going and watching it again for that one line, I I don't know what was said. So and then by the way, we also haven't mentioned the next woman who wakes up is not Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, and that's and then that takes us back to the woman who was burning at the beginning was obviously the previous uh, mother, yep. it, yeah, story whatever. So, but they look so similar, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, their inspiration looks so similar, and that's I, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. There's this incredible moment too, uh, when everything is just before the baby is taken, where they are having a conversation, and she will not give the baby up, and where he does she not. She starts to fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> but he, but it's really interesting because the choice is made that he does not take it from her in, with any kind of force. Um, he knows that what's going to happen. He knows, you know, that she's going to have to sleep at some point, and that will be when he takes the baby and offers it into this creation and it's just man it's you, it's so you knew powerful was, you knew it was gonna happen oh yeah you knew and of course you know that they're all out there just waiting can you picture outside of that room in your mind for a moment all of those people just standing out there in total yeah. silence after how they've been to her to her she got maced by the police when they show up she manages to make her way through the entirety of the house she's fallen down several times mm-hmm. 
she saw the lighter. Um, she manages to make her way up and around. She sees people getting their foreheads marked. Mm-hmm. People are shooting one another. It's just chaos. And then yeah. she gets up there, the baby's born, and everyone is utterly quiet. But yeah. she knows they're out there. Yeah. And she's like, make them go away. And he's just like, I don't want to. And they're all just standing out there. In the context of this world, as if it was real, they're all just standing out there, quietly waiting. And that is bizarre. Yeah. It's, man, this movie. Man, it, it can mess with you. Um, but yeah, so those are the two main metaphors. The other one that has been brought to my attention afterwards, I didn't think of this, but I heard somebody mention it, is there's an ecological uh, metaphor as well, or an environmental one about uh, the planet and how we treat the planet and those kind of things. That metaphor is a little weaker to me. I'm not seeing all the pieces of it as clearly, but you know, the idea of Mother Earth right. and then how we treat the creation we've been given. But think, a lot of the other pieces, to me, don't seem to fit as easily into that metaphor as I the think other two. part of that is it folds over into a lot of the religious element that we were talking about. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever they showed a zoomed-out version of the house at one point in time, and it's got this really nice, lush, green forest around it. As they start to widen the view and get further back, you see something like smoldering. Yeah, you see the singed, like a little bit of a singed right, area, yeah. Right at the very base of the screen. And I couldn't help but wonder if, like, somehow this area was all intact and fine, and outside of it, the rest of the world was plagued and chaos mm-hmm. and, and, and awful. And then they found this and started coming there to this utopia. And yeah. I don't know. It's, I, it seemed the context seemed strange. Yeah. There was no, there well, was I think no explanation. In any of the that. metaphors, I think the house is everything, right? I think the house is our universe or maybe more specifically our earth. planet, yeah. you know, our earth. Um, so yeah, so I, I can definitely, definitely see that. But, um, but yeah, it was just, it was fascinating to me to, it was fascinating to me to experience, think I understood it or understood what it meant to me, then have something click in my brain. I think it was actually the forehead stuff. I was like, man, there was a lot of religious symbolism right. in that. And then I started thinking of different pieces and I was like, so it was, it was like a double experience where then I had the, the, I almost experienced the movie again in hindsight through another lens and that solidified it with me that it's just, it's brilliant. It's genius. Yeah. I, I just, I really I don't know how you pull something like this off. Very, it's, very carefully, because a lot of the strings that are being pulled there work so well with both sides of that coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to your credit with the uh, uh, the uh, artistic view, where yeah, you're yeah. looking at it, going, "This is, this is." Um, that one know. still makes a little more sense to me, although I think the majority of the metaphor. Weight wise, volume wise, is the religious. Stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It is the first place my mind went whenever I was yeah. watching this. Yeah. Um, the I mean, the instant the brother killed the other brother, I could not help but feel. Yeah, that it way. did not click. I think I was just so distracted by trying to apply everything to my world, like my what I had clicked into, that I wasn't in a place where I was trying to figure it out. I wasn't trying to figure out what it meant. I was trying to figure out how it fit into what I already knew it meant. Right. Which is interesting, right? It's kind of a human brain trick too, where, you know, once you have taken something for, uh, for fact, you try to fit everything else into what you believe is fact. And so I, I was too distracted by doing that to even think, Oh yeah, that's Cain and Abel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you've got the mark on the floor 
you know, and and it keeps bleeding through mm-hmm. this 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 first thing, this bad thing that had occurred. Kind of like the, the stigmata first, in the many first, ways. First murder, mm-hmm. you know, and even uh, Adam uh, has the lighter that ends up destroying everything. Yep. So even you know even the destruction of everything comes back to man's first choice. Yep. You know, so yeah, it's <laughs> everything about it is just, it's so it's, deep, it's so intricate, and 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 the way it's all woven together is just awesome. I I really liked it. I mean, I, I like the movie. I wouldn't say I love the movie, but I like the movie. Um, but the fact that you know I'm not insane watching this movie and going, <laughs> oh look, yeah, there's all these uh, these religious tones with it and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's actually that, you know, I mean, it's very well done. Uh, I just wish that I would have heard what he said at the end of the movie. I really wish I had that. <laughs> oh, this movie is going to be so studied after the fact. There will be there will be college treatises, doctoral theses written. Thesi? Thesi. Thesis? Thesis. Thesis. No. That sounds gross. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I got some doctoral theses. <laughs> Uh, written about this. Well, go, uh, go wash your hands. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because <laughs> um, it is just, it it feels that deep. I remember having similar feelings coming out of The Matrix. Uh, what's interesting about movies like The Matrix is, I think The Matrix is a great example of a movie that is balanced really well between metaphor and a story. Um, as mentioned, I don't think this movie is balanced very well. This is This is majority metaphor. The story is really nothing in this. It is all about the metaphor. Yeah. Not that I mean, there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but it's more interesting to me when you can balance the two. Right. You know, like when you like you earlier when you read from the IMDB page, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, where it says yeah, yeah, this yeah. is what the synopsis of the yeah, movie yeah, yeah. is. I'm like, uh yeah, kinda. <laughs> I mean, just barely that. Right. Sure, it's a couple struggling with uh unwelcome guests. <laughs> sure, that's what it is. Yes, that couple is just God in creation struggling <laughs> you, with humanity. You know, I mean, you shuffle enough words around, you make anything sound bad, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, um, so that's that is, I mean, that's mother. Is there anything else you wanted to, to touch on? In- no, I mean, I think that, like I said uh, earlier, performances were all great. The metaphor really sticks on both sides of it. I like both thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that it's worth a thought. I mean, if if this is the ty- like you're saying earlier, if if this is the type of film that you want to watch that you really want to think about, I might have to watch it two or three times in order to be able to get all of the pieces, to get all of the the similarities between what it is, and and maybe that would further my hook towards this religious element, or maybe I'd see it further down the uh, the artistic side of things. But I think that without watching it, maybe at least once more, I might not be able to do that. I uh I'm I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah. Um it is disturbing, it's uncomfortable. There are those moments and what I'm afraid is going to happen, I guess not afraid, but what I think might happen is similar things that happen with um the last temptation of of Christ when Scorsese made made that and the uh Christian church uh you know um uh what's the word I'm looking for um avoided it uh what, Boy, boycott. boycott it. Thank you. I can't think of boycott. It's a good thing. I hate I, boycotts. I had a cut. Um, the Christian church boycotted The Last Temptation of Christ because of how uncomfortable it made right. them. When that movie, if you actually watch it, is a pretty Christian movie. It's about what if Jesus had been tempted you know, in that last moment, which there's nothing that would contradict that, even you know, if you stick to the faith. like 
he was tempted not to be crucified. <laughs> That's actually in the Bible. So I, I would be tempted not to be crucified. <laughs> right? I, was, I think that would be... I think if you're human, I think you're going to kind of want to not to go and, through that. Yeah, I mean, you know, even if you're a little human, I think that maybe you'd be like, you know what? That sounds kind of awful. But I think that might happen here as well, where they are so uncomfortable with the material understandably so well, i remember when the... that they won't that they won't see what a beautiful exploration right. of our human story it could be no matter what worldview you're coming from right. for it so right i think but I, I remember you know churches around here being a little bananas when uh the book of eli came out yeah and they were showing the book of eli and this is this is what happens whenever there's the lack of you know religion and things of this nature people become all rapey and murdery <laughs> And Gary Oldman becomes this guy in the future trying right. to use the Bible as a divisive thing to then mm-hmm. enslave people. A lot of metaphor in that movie, too. A lot too. of metaphor in that movie. But, you know, churches ate that one up, and mm-hmm. they they were you know showing it to people around here and going, oh, yeah, this, this is what happens yeah. without religion. It's and, interesting. It's interesting how we each kind of take our worldview and and find a way to believe something is against it or for it instead of watching something and understanding, well, I don't know the creator's necessarily necessary intent. By the way, this speaks beautifully into the metaphor of this actual movie, right? both in the artistic and in the, the religious aspect, but to go, let me just experience this and do my best to figure out what it means to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why this movie is so powerful to me and why I can walk away going, I love this movie, even with as uncomfortable and uh, brutal as yeah. it can be during that final, <laughs> those final moments, because that's the honest, that is the honest to goodness truth about humanity too, is that we're uncomfortable and brutal and awful. We can, be. Um, we can be. Yeah. But then you so, find those that are compassionate and caring mm-hmm. and, you know, sincere. Yeah. Sometimes they don't make it out alive either, <laughs> but you know, they're still there. Oh yeah. Mother exclamation point. Is the movie? Uh, you want to talk it real quick before we close this yeah. thing out? What are some of the? I really don't have a lot of spoilers with it to go in, other than I guess I would say that opening scene of Georgie getting his arm taken off. That doesn't uh, that doesn't occur in the uh, the original. Oh, it doesn't. No. Well, it was. Uh, I was like, oh, we're going there. Yeah. Like right from the beginning, this is the creature. This is what he does. Because usually you'll see a movie like cut away and then reveal more about the creature as you go on. But this movie's like, nope. This is uh, who Pennywise is. Pennywise is um, not actually a clown. Right. That's just his... Ex- shapeshifter, right? He is a shapeshifter. Um, he is also uh, has a psychic ability. He's able to read your mind to determine what your mm-hmm. horrors are. And then he uses them. And the reason he does that is it makes your meat taste better. That's why he does it. Ah, I see. Uh, the lights that are down inside of him is actually what he is. He's just a basically a giant spider looking monster made of these these bright lights right. they're called these they're called the deadlights and whenever you look into them they're supposed to drive you insane um, so there's some strangeness that happened there with Bev when they brought her back down and then she, they kissed her and because none of that actually occurred in the original yeah. or, or within the story um, because in the original one there was a fight between the guys and it separates everybody and they needed a unifying thing to bring them back together again. In this, they did the damsel in distress, and they have her captured. Um, in the original, Henry, the bad guy, the the bully, mm-hmm. um, they hook all of the murders on him. In this, they kill him. And I still feel like they could use that as means of uh, hanging the murders on him, 
because he's just gone now. They're just not going to find him because his body's in the bottom of this mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. deep well. Um, and I and I really think that's the angle they're going to end up taking with that. Um, one of the things that they did in some of the earlier stuff versus what they did with this was is it all boiled down to what it was that the children themselves believed, what they thought was true versus not. In the earlier film, um, you know, uh, one of the boys figured out that his his inhaler, which he was using in this, um, is actually just a placebo. It's just water. He's mm-hmm. just misting, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's because his mom is a big time hypochondriac. Right. Uh, but it's not her being like that. She's imposing that upon her son. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a word for that. It's, I can't remember what it's called. There's a medical term for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Munchausen by proxy. Okay. Yeah, it sounds right. Sounds good to me. Sounds right. Um, anyway. That's what um, happens when I get hungry for somebody else. <laughs> she uh, She's imposing all of these ailments on him. And then she, he ends up going to the uh, pharmacy and picks up his stuff. And he finds out that it's just a placebo. Right. Well, one of his friends, Richie, I believe is who it was, tells him, well, it's probably acid. And in his mind, he then believes that he's inhaling acid. So whenever he's actually combating it and they're in close proximity, he actually sprays him in the face with this inhaler. And because he believes it's acid, Pennywise has to adhere to what its belief is because it becomes real. Oh, interesting. And so he's able to wound it with his inhaler. Um it's kind of bizarre, but it, it speaks to what it is that he's doing. Yeah. And you can see some of that in this when they're in the room and it's slowly like burning all the way across and they've got the three doors and they open it up because it says this one's not scary or it's right. not, yeah, not yeah, scary yeah. and it's like a severed body. And they shut the door and Bill turns and looks at him and he's like, it's not real. We have to believe it's not real. None of this is real. And he goes to open the door again and it's an empty hallway and Pennywise is holding down uh, the young man that's got his arm broken. Mm-hmm. He stops and like looks back up into the house because at that moment he's losing the fear within these kids. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that also goes towards what it is that's happening here. It's part of how they're able to combat him. You know, uh parents don't necessarily believe some of these things. That's why children are easier to to deal with. He could right. still take one down. He could right. take down an adult if he so chose to. It's just that uh, we're easier to scare as children, and we're more delicious that way. So what you're saying is it's a sequel to Monsters, uh, Monsters Inc. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, except they're eating the people that are powering them. Oh, right. You know, yes, it's not exactly. just your screams. Uh, I look forward to the sequel. Yeah, it could be interesting because um, they'll come back as as adults. Yeah, and uh, the further you get away from dairy, at least as long as they're adhering to the uh, to some of the source information, the further you get away from dairy the less you remember it, right? So like in the original and things of that nature, whenever Bill gets away from town, he, he referenced the fact that he had a brother. Yeah, I had a brother. He died. And that was kind of the extent of it. But yeah. when he gets back to Derry, he's like, yeah, I had a brother. He died. He was brutally murdered, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, there comes that moment when he's in the basement and Pennywise is using his brother, Georgie, as a puppet, Yeah, which is terrifying. Okay, absolutely terrifying. There are two things that I'm scared of. Number one is clowns. Okay, that was like the peak of my fear. And the other is a visual effect that uh, they use, and it just gives me the willies. It just makes me makes my skin crawl. And that's when something's really far away, the monster's really far away, and then it like goes into like this hyper shaky thing, mm-hmm. and it like spans the distance in no time flat. Mm-hmm. It's freaky. 
I don't like it. It <laughs> bothers me. It's uncomfortable for me to watch. And they did both of them. It was a clown doing exactly that, splashing its way so across, sorry. across the water. Oh man, it was, oh, it was rough. It was rough. Um, I I don't know. I liked Bev in the movie as far as who she was and what she was and things of that nature. Um, yeah. There was some um, <laughs> in the book. She actually ends up having sex with all of the. The yeah, I heard guys. there's like a, a preteen orgy in the book. Yeah, and and that's with that. And it's the way, and it's not meant to be a. It's not meant to be sexual. It's meant to be like a bot, like a community Correct. thing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's supposed. To, it, that's that's it's what, what keeps that them was. together. They're all on edge. They're all nervous. They're is that all what the afraid. is that what the blood bond at the end of the movie was supposed to represent? Part of it is in many them, ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. They all make the, themselves this commitment that in twenty seven plus years, twenty seven years, if things start shaking loose in dairy again. Someone was going to stay there. And whenever things start happening, they would call everybody back and they'd know to come back. And like I said, the further they get away, the less they remember of those things. But when they start coming back, things start triggering again and stuff like that. And then they get there and they're like, I don't want to be here. And uh, I have a feeling that they're going to do something similar to that. I keep slapping your microphone. That's fine. Uh, I'm very animated with my hands. Yep. Um, they they start doing that, and I, I, have, I have this feeling that they're going to have them go away, and they're not going to remember these things, and then they're going to come back, and they're going to have that whole moment of, oh, it was just a bunch of yeah. hogwash. You know, Hen- Henry killed those kids and whatever, and the one that was still there is going to be like, you don't understand. You don't remember this. <laughs> I've been here I've the whole time. Here. Yeah. And then they're going to start to remember they're going to pick their battle back up again. It'll be it'll be interesting. Well, as much money as it's making, uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of interest in it. So, which hurts my heart because I love Stephen King, I really do. The books are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the Why Dark, does that hurt your heart then? The Dark Tower series is like my favorite. Yeah. And then they made that movie, and it was bad. Yeah. It's bad for the sake of being bad. Yeah. Okay? Um. You know, there's poor character development. They've got like six throwaway characters that are just totally useless. Uh, well, you can't win them all. You can't. <laughs> you can't. But if they would have done what they did with it, with that, because there's there's they show Pennywise's little carnival mm-hmm. hut in Midworld, which is the other universe, yeah, yeah, yeah. the other existence, the other planet, the other place where Roland is from. Um, when when they showed that in there, I got excited. I'm like, cool. Are they going to build a universe around this all? And they're going to have like a Stephen King universe. I mean, we've already got like Marvel, and I know they try to do some stuff with uh, like the Mummy whenever they released it. But you know, some of those things hook, some of them don't. Well, then they made the Dark Tower, and I'm like, it was bad. It was so, would you bad. reverse it then? Would you would you prefer a bad It movie and a good Dark Tower movie? Yes. Okay. Because the the Dark Tower is the structure that all of the worlds exist on. So there's more to there's more to to dive into there. Oh, there's more angles to go to. Cujo is uh, a, uh, a portion of the Dark Tower. That That is a story that takes place within all of that. Roper mentions that because there's a dog in the room right now named Cujo. I quite literally pointed at yes, the dog. Yes, you did. Uh, fortunately, he's not that dog because that dog would eat us. He's been a good dog. He, he hasn't, has hasn't been. made any noise hardly at all. Yeah, after he got settled down after the music. St- I told you it was the music. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, There are thoughts on all the details for It and Mother. Uh, We will be back next week. Spoilers probably on uh, the Kingsman sequel. Maybe Lego Ninjago. It kind of depends on what we talk about next week. But uh, we'll catch you then. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, as always, you can check us out. I'm at yourmoviefriend.com if you want to see my reviews. 
And Roper? I'm over at All Tower Media. You go over to YouTube and find us on there and check out all of our good stuff. Thanks. We'll check you out later. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.